Since social networks have entered our homes, they have evolved our way of communicating, becoming not only our favorite way for maintaining our relationships, but also allowing us to get information, participate in discussions and be sociable. Besides the billions of food, holidays and daily photos, these platforms have become a megaphone for the diffusion of ideas and debates, such as building social movements and spreading messages and ideas about social rights, environmental issues, organic consumption and the no-waste philosophy. Social networks play a part in our everyday lives and they have become a source of inspiration for people wanting to change and make an impact. But what do we refer to when we talk about organic? This is the Organic Recipe, the podcast created by Made in Nature that explores the world of organic agriculture, discovering the stories, the research, and the people involved in this huge transformation of our habits. In some ways, activism is one of the most ancient forms of influencing. Activism has involved a huge transformation both in society, for example in political agendas, and in individual lives. Social network activism can be acknowledged as one of the most recent forms of influencing. Sometimes it starts as an experiment and becomes a tool to bring about change. It actually started out sort of like an experiment where I wanted to see if I could be trash free for one month. And that's about seven years ago now. I just kept working with it and I found it incredibly inspiring to see how you could lower your own impact as a consumer. I also definitely just kept learning more and more. So we started out with physical trash, but sort of over time evolved into other places of consumer aspects, consumer culture, ways of being low impact that isn't necessarily leaving a physical footprint as trash, but more the invisible impact as well. So that led me into agriculture and the impact of carbon emissions and travel and logistics and overall supply chain transparency. So at this point in time, I'm a content creator and author. I have published a book called Sustainable Badass. That's sort of like a sustainability zero waste survival guide. I do YouTube and Instagram. I have an impact series where I analyze and go over different aspects of our consumer culture, everything from different materials, which ones are the most sustainable, to larger aspects like fast fashion or animal agriculture. Um, so my name is Gita Marie Johansson. I live in Denmark. And since 2015, I have been working with zero waste and low impact living. The zero waste philosophy cannot just be seen as a movement fighting to only reduce personal waste. It is a much wider debate about the way we use, consume and think about the impact of our carbon footprints on the planet. I started when I was in high school um, in 2011, 2010. I started my very first blog. It was about fashion and beauty and I did that for a really long time. That was also sort of my gateway into the fashion industry. 
And then I came across an article about a woman who had a, I think it was three years worth of trash in a mason jar with Lauren Singer from Trashes for Tossers. And that was my introduction into this alternative, this other way of doing things. And I recently started at university when I found this article and I sort of stepped a little bit back from the fashion industry because I felt like something was off, but I didn't really quite know how to articulate what that was. I just didn't really feel in place or like at home I felt unwelcome um I was perhaps a little soft I don't know um so this article came at a very very appropriate time for me and I started researching this a little bit this zero waste lifestyle that I haven't heard of before ever I think I was one of the first people in Denmark to talk about this even I gave my first lecture in uh, 2016 and no one were really talking about this. And one of the first things that I learned about plastic is that every piece of plastic we have ever used in our lives still exists in some shape or form on this planet because it's a fossil material, it doesn't go away. And I immediately started viewing the resources that I used in my everyday life. I started viewing them differently. I started noticing trash in nature. I started picking up trash on beaches, in forests, just on the street where it wasn't supposed to be. And it sort of spiraled into, I'm going to change my entire life because this feels so meaningful to me. I think one of the main points here was that it was empowering. Uh, at this point in time, sustainability and the narrative about sustainability was very focused on politics, very focused on what committees can be doing and, and what different quota we can put into place for fishing and CO2 emissions, all kinds of things that really removes the consumer from the conversation altogether where we feel powerless and, and and hopeless and where we perhaps doesn't feel like we matter a whole lot which is not necessarily a very inspiring conversation to have where zero waste for me at this point in time felt like this was a tool for me to do something i could do something every day and see myself improving i could look into my trash you know it was very visible if you're successful in this lifestyle because your results are right there by the end of the day every day and that was a really cool alternative it's very empowering alternative to this otherwise very removed distant conversation that most consumers weren't a part of as we said Zero Waste focuses on a lot of different themes in which food production is not excluded. It is actually one of the main points. In fact, when we waste food, we also waste all the energy and water it takes to grow, harvest, transport and package it. Following a WWF report, between 6 and 8% of all human-caused greenhouse gas emissions could be reduced if we stop wasting food. While in the US alone, the production of lost or wasted food generates the equivalent of 32.6 million cars worth of greenhouse gas emissions. That's another thing to consider. Then obviously food is an important part of sustainability because we have to eat. And what we put on our plates have a massive impact compared to a lot of other parts of our everyday lives. So looking at seasonal produce, looking at, at things that are grown more locally, I, I, I was walking, I was just getting into sustainability at this point, I was in a supermarket and it just suddenly hit me. It's weird that in Denmark you can get mangoes all year around. It's not supposed to be like that. And it hasn't been like that 
for the majority of our existence. It's such a new phenomenon. And in a record amount of time, we started viewing that as normal, as completely expectable, as something that we assume is just always available to us. And I think going for more seasonal, locally produced things will make you appreciate the seasons in another way, will make you appreciate what is actually possible to grow in your local environment. And obviously that changes and that's more realistic to do for some people, some parts in the world, and more unrealistic other parts in the world, obviously. But if you can engage with food communities and local food systems that are very short, that have short supply chains, that is an amazing part of a positive impact. So I definitely recommend that as well. From 2010, Git Marie Johansson talks openly about the themes of sustainability and zero waste. She discusses and presents her work and experiences in TEDx speeches and lectures which has earned her more than 70,000 followers on Instagram. We talked with her about how creating a community, not just a fan base, is fundamental to obtain an effective and durable result. For me, one of the most valuable things I've relearned is the importance and value of community, of not only being able to be a personal individual, but also taking part in a larger movement or in a larger community, which is really what is so massively important for consumers and individuals in the world today to understand. We think a lot of people don't necessarily prioritize or value community, but that's really where everything happens. I've had people message me that because of my content online, they have started food sharing communities. They have started sharing different types of initiatives where they go clean beaches, where they have fundraised and opened a bulk store and I've seen so many examples of both the work of me but as well as uh, um, my colleagues and my fellow creators how it's not only about you know like listen to me look at me watch what I'm doing but it's a part of a like a bigger community and I think being able to set aside your individuality and your ego and then taking part in something bigger or something that benefits other people not only in this vacuum of this tiny little incident, but more so in how we organize ourselves in environmentalism in general is so massively important. It's something that I want to keep working on and keep engaging with and keep encouraging other people to do as well. Because in order for us to create better opportunities for sustainability, in order for us to create the food systems we want, in order for us to create overall a societal and political spectrum that we want to see, we need to organize ourselves and we need to function as a community and not only as individual entities. I think that's where the majority of sustainability really lies. Reducing trash and investing in sustainable products that respect the environment, such as organic agriculture, are just a few steps in the right direction for a greener and fairer world. Maybe the future prospects can appear far away in the distance, but Geet Marie Johansson is a fine example that the change must start now. Obviously, there's plenty of things to do. And if you want to start out the way that I started out, looking at the trash that you're creating, seeing how much you can minimize and how you can reduce your trash is obviously a great start. And again, if you if you don't have a lot of experience with environmentalism, it's a really, it's a really nice visual representation because it shows you very clearly where you're going and how you're doing. 
think one of the primary goals, I love to see green politics become more and more popular. I think at this point in time, just painting with a very wide brush right now, but overall, we're still from a political perspective, very unambitious. I see that in Danish, in Danish politics and see that in global politics, we are still not very ambitious. And I think the primary reason for that is that we still favor the interest and benefits of bigger billion dollar corporations than we do local communities and consumers. There is still a, an asymmetrical power relationship between politics and industry. And I think it's the political landscape's job to take care of the interest of voters and local communities and they are just not doing that still you've been listening to the organic recipe the podcast brought to you by made in nature and produced by rp Cercuiti, narrated by eleanor robinson and written by francesco patacini the sound director was pasquale cicciriello and the supervision was by Lorenzo Pasquinelli with the help of Silvia Lesi. Made in Nature is a project funded by the European Union and CSO Italy. The project's aim is to promote the values of organic agriculture in Italy, France, Germany and Denmark. Discover more about the project at madeinnature.org or visit our social networks. For narrative reasons, some interviews in the podcast have been dubbed from the mother tongue of the interviewee to English, with their consent. <laughs>